Chapter thirty six of The Innocents Abroad by Mark Twain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. We have got so far east now, a hundred fifty five degrees of longitude from San Francisco, that my watch cannot keep the hang of a time any more. It has grown discouraged and stopped. I think it did a wise thing. The difference in time between Sebastopol and the Pacific coast is enormous. When it is six o'clock in the morning here, it is somewhere about a week before last in California. We are excusable for getting a little tangled as to time. These distractions and distresses about the time have worried me so much that I was afraid my mind was so much affected that I'd never have any appreciation of time again. But when I noticed how handy I was yet about comprehending when it was dinner time, a blessed tranquility settled down upon me, and I am tortured with doubts and fears no more. Odessa is about twenty hours' run from Sebastopol, and is the most northerly port in the Black Sea. We came here to get coal, principally. The city has a population of uh, one hundred thirty-three thousand, and is growing faster than any other small city out of America. It is a free port, and is the great grain mart of this particular part of the world. Its roadstead is full of ships. Engineers are at work now, turning the open roadstead into a spacious artificial harbor. It is to be almost enclosed by massive stone piers, one of which will extend into the sea over 3,000 feet in a straight line. I have not felt so much at home for a long time as I did when I raised the hill and stood in Odessa for the first time. It looked just like an American city, fine, broad streets, and straight as well, low houses, two or three stories, wide, neat, and free from any quaintness of architectural ornamentation. Locust trees bordering the sidewalks, they called them acacias, a stirring business look about the streets and the stores, fast walkers, a familiar new look about the houses and everything, yea, and a driving and smoldering cloud of dust that was so like a message from our own dear land that could hardly refrain from shedding a few grateful tears and execrations in the old time-honored american way look up the street or down the street this way or that way we saw only america there was not one thing to remind us that we were in russia we walked for some little distance reveling in this home vision and then we came upon a church and a hack driver and presto the illusion vanished. The church had a slender spired dome that 
rounded inward at its base and looked like a turnip turned upside down and the hackman seemed to be dressed in a long petticoat without any hoops these things were essentially foreign and so were the carriages but everybody knows about these things and there's no occasion for my describing them we were only to stay here a day and a night and to take in coal we consulted the guide-books and were rejoiced to know that there were no sights in odessa to see so we had one good untrammeled holiday on our hands with nothing to do but idle about the city and enjoy ourselves we sauntered through the markets and criticized the fearful and wonderful costumes from the back country examined the populace as far as eyes could do it closed the entertainment with an ice cream debauch we do not get ice cream everywhere and so when we do we are apt to dissipate to excess we never cared anything about ice cream at home but we look upon it with a sort of idolatry now that it is so scarce in these red-hot climates of the east we only found two pieces of statuary and this was another blessing one was a bronze image of the duc de richelieu grand-nephew of the splendid cardinal it stood in a spacious handsome promenade overlooking the sea and from its base a vast flight of stone steps led down to the harbor two hundred of them fifty feet long and a wide landing at the bottom of every twenty it was a noble staircase and from a distance the people toiling up it looked like insects i mention this statue and this stairway because they have their story richelieu founded odessa watched over it with paternal care labored with a fertile brain and a wise understanding for its best interests spent his fortune freely to the same end endowed it with a sound prosperity and one which will yet make it one of the great cities of the old world built this noble stairway with money from his own private purse and well the people for whom he had done so much let him walk down these same steps one day unattended old poor without a second coat to his back and when years afterwards he died in sebastopol in poverty and neglect they called a meeting subscribed liberally and immediately erected this tasteful monument to his memory and named a great street after him it reminds me of what robert burns's mother said when they erected a stately monument to his memory ah robbie you asked them for bread and they've given you a stone the people of odessa have warmly recommended us to go and call on the emperor as did the sebastopolians they have telegraphed his majesty and he has signified his willingness to grant us an audience so we are getting up the anchors and preparing to sail to his watering place 
what a scratching around there will be now what a holding of important meetings and appointing of solemn committees and what a furbishing up of claw-hammer coats and white silk neckties as this fearful ordeal we are about to pass through pictures itself to my fancy in all its dread sublimity i begin to feel my fierce desire to converse with a genuine emperor cooling down and passing away what am i to do with my hands what am i to do with my feet what in the world am i to do with myself end of chapter thirty six recording by b scott holmes b scott holmes dot com